1: Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Soundtelling Me and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to take a few minutes to write a review for the podcast. Now, why would I want you to do that? Well, you have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to what do they do they scroll down they look at those reviews and if those reviews say that the podcast is amazing and that I ask great questions and that all my guests are super cool well they're most probably going to give that podcast a chance so by you taking a few minutes to write a review for the podcast you may actually be the person that helps sway someone's decision to become a brand new vox and Hobbs head and that would be something that I would truly appreciate now today's episode is a special one it's called The New Blood Roundtable, and it features Stephen of Becoming the Bully, Barrett of Bloodprint, Megan of Casket Robbery, Matt of Diabology, and Espen of Fenneth. This is a monstrous episode. I am so stoked that I finally pulled it together. Get ready, one, This is Vox and Hops, episode number 354.
2: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? I am very stoked to do a very special episode, an episode that I've been wanting to do for probably like 100 episodes now, but here I am doing it finally now uh, after 350 episodes. Uh, This is uh, an episode I'm going to call the New Blood Roundtable Discussion. I have been joined by musicians from bands that are a little bit younger than Cryptopsy, so I was interested in having a roundtable discussion with musicians that are just basically starting out, that have been doing it for a little while, that... uh, Uh, You know, it's been a long time that I've been in cryptopsy, so I wanted to get the feel of what it's like being in a band that's still trying to quote-unquote make it. Uh, Today I'm joined by Stephen of Becoming the Bully of Montreal. We got Barrett of Bloodprint from Halifax, Nova Scotia. We got Megan from Casca Robbery from Wisconsin in the U.S. We got Matt from Diabology from L.A. We got Espen from Fedeth. He's from Norway. This is an international discussion. I think it's so damn cool. Uh, how are you all doing? Very so
2: good. Pretty good.
3: Pretty good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah.
1: Thank you all for joining me. Um, let's jump into the thick of it, uh, the most important question of the day. Uh, this is a Vox & Hops episode, and Vox and & Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, what are you guys drinking on your side today that we're going to be sharing virtually? We'll start with you, Espen. Go for it.
4: So I got my... Um, it's uh, from a Norwegian brewery called Almundsen. It's a very interesting New England uh, IPA. I don't remember its name. A plague wing. Yes. Very good. Very cool. The
1: can yeah. it looks awesome and yeah. metal. I love it. I'm a fan already. And a hazy. You, I'm, I'm, I'm down yeah. with the hazies. Uh, Steven, what do you drink on your side? I think I know what you're drinking, but it's from a little brewery that we both love, I
2: think. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, overhop. Um, keep on loving session IPA. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, love my, it. uh, love Overhop. Uh, I love them. I love their products. Uh, pretty nice people too. Nice brewery close to, close to my place. So
1: I love it and a massive shout outs to the Overhop Canada crew. I literally just sent a text message to oh, nice. nice. Um, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> Barrett, what are you going to be drinking on your side?
3: Well, I'm 15 so unfortunately no beer for me but uh, I've just got water.
1: <laughs> Perfect. got to stay hydrated and I appreciate that and uh, there is never any pressure to drink and you don't ever have to start drinking um it's a big passion of mine and a lot of other people but it's not for everyone and you don't ever have to feel like you should have to do anything and that's an important message that i want to get across there to all the young musicians that might be listening to this today megan uh what are you going to be enjoying on your side today
0: well i have hard kombucha um it's a lemon ginger forage from like a local brewery around here so yeah
1: very cool. I like heart kombucha, and I think that me there too. should be more of it because I, I really enjoy it very, very much. Uh, Matt from Diabology, what 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 are you going to be drinking today? I just got
5: water, smart
1: water. Stay hydrated, people. I love it. On my side, I'm drinking something special, something that just came back, uh, something that uh, I love, and I'm very stoked to have it. A new one. Uh, shout out to Drew from Kanawaki Brewing for hooking me up with a brand new batch of Cryptopsies and Kanawaki's uh, Crisp Topsy, the Pilsner Supremacy which is a play on words, of course, for Whisper Supremacy. This is a New World um, Pilsner. It's a, because it's been dry hopped with a whole bunch of mosaic hops. I love this beer. I'm very happy it's back. And shout out to Philip Ivanovic for the massive reworking of the classic Whisper Supremacy artwork. Let's jump into this. This is, this is important for me. We're going to start with a question that I would never normally ask an artist. Um, why? Why? do you play in an extreme metal band that's the first question so uh, let's jump in with the, the youngest of us um barrett why why do you play extreme
3: metal well i'm not too sure if i would call ourselves extreme metal but in terms of metal we just love playing and we love what we do we've just started really only a few years ago when we were like middle school but now we're in high school and we've just like started building our craft playing our shows and um getting more out there to the people
1: i love it i love it um espen why why do you play metal why why did you end up sacrificing so much as we all do to to for this passion
4: Uh, that's a good question i'm honestly not entirely sure but when i was young i always loved music but i was never like i never wanted to be a common musician but i started out uh, hearing uh, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park doing screams and I was like, yeah, cool. On to slip? Not you know. And uh, we had a, we have a, a at the time we had a local band who played like thrash metal. They were really good. They were like we were like 15, 16 at the time. So I kind of forced myself to do a, a cover. We did a Lamb of God cover. And after I after the one time uh, we jammed, I was kind of solidified into the band and from there it's just gone uh, very far away from fresh metal at least <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have to start yeah. somewhere and uh you never know where you're gonna end True. up once you do get on this road i i was definitely not supposed to become an extreme death metal <laughs> vocalist i was a mike Patton influenced vocalist i was a maynard mm. from tool uh incubus. Wow. Um really into that early on and look where I ended up, right? So you, you gotta yeah. get on the road though. If you don't get on the road, you never you'll never get to the destination. Make Megan.
0: You know, nothing beats that feeling, that energy of everyone when you are just screaming in front of people. I get to go on stage night after night and be this terrifying little creature <laughs> and just like <laughs> let it all all of that like shadow self out and there's nothing like it just nothing
1: and it's still you know, and I, I've done hundreds probably thousands of shows and the feeling yeah. doesn't go away <laughs> and That's that's the best part of it It's it's and it's something that can't be bought and it's something that can rarely be replaced by something else which is Why these past few years has been difficult yes. for musicians, I think but I'm lucky I have the podcast to fill that void <laughs> Matt um, Diabology why are you in a metal band?
5: Um, I've always wanted to be in a band, and let alone, like, we, everyone in the band, we just, like, fucking love it. Like, it's the best thing, like, going on stage, feeling that whole adrenaline rush, playing what you love to play. So, like, that kind of just sticks with us.
1: Hmm. And you, Stephen, why are you in a metal uh, band?
2: Well, I've actually... Um not always been in a metal band, but, um, I just enjoy music in general. So, uh, you know, playing, let's say punk rock or whatever. Um, when I was a kid was pretty much it, but, um, yeah, nothing beats the feeling of, of playing, you know, metal and breakdowns and the energy it's, it's kind of, um, um, it's a cliche to say that, but that's totally what it is. And, and being there live, um, and, in a show, a gathering of people, you know, sharing that moment with everyone it does
1: it for me. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things that I did and I wasn't, I didn't actually do it. I was forced to do it. I was encouraged to do it by Mike Marino, who is one of the main reasons that I ended up being in anything. So shout out to Mike Marino. I've had on the podcast before to thank him, uh, is that he forced me to buy a PA system. And that's when I was like, I had to take this serious. You know, I had like a monthly payment plan at Steve's Music. Uh, shout out to Steve's here in Montreal. And I had to—I would go once a month because it was back then. You had to go and actually pay the people. You couldn't just do it over the internet to pay your bill. My thing was forty-two dollars a month or something silly like that. Uh, that was like the moment, like the piece of gear that made me take being a musician seriously. What would be that piece of gear for you guys? Let's start with uh, Barrett again
3: probably when i got my first like real metal bass it was a ibanez four string black and i love it and i remember like playing it live for the first time it just like changed everything how we sounded and i just love um how like it felt i was like moved forward for every everything like i was forward in the sound more and i was like it definitely felt great for being a bass player Mm.
1: how about you matt um what would be that piece of gear for you that that made you finally take yourself seriously as a musician
5: my second drum set i ended up buying with uh some couple of cash i was saving up during quarantine uh luckily i was able to get my hands on a dw's collectors uh series.
1: very sick very sick uh how about uh, espen what would be that piece of gear for you
4: uh, it was the first time i bought tea for my warm-ups for a gig <laughs>
1: really yeah. okay now what is that tea what is what is it it's a uh,
4: ginger tea and it tastes like shit so i used to also have um, a <laughs> jack daniel's you know to just get the syrupy feel so i don't know i since i'm mostly a vocalist okay i play i play different instruments th- today but when i started getting serious it was like taking my warm-ups properly like do the throat singing stuff and i don't know scales i don't sing that much but you know. But the the T, definitely.
1: <laughs> Very interesting. I am actually working on a t- tea with Ooh. some people. You if you've listened to the podcast you might figure it out. Uh, for Extreme Vocalists, uh, in collaboration with someone else that's also Bell on Podcast. There's a little teaser right there. Um, <laughs> Stephen. Steven, what what would be that piece of gear that that um solidified you as a musician
2: um actually uh to start out like i used to uh, really enjoy um uh, bass guitars and i've always i always listened to guitars a lot and stuff in music uh, although that i that i just drum and uh, at one point i just tried out this like old cb drum set uh, and i'm a, a used music store and i was like wow this is fun you know uh, it's loud it's it's you know you, it's physical and all that stuff so then i just went on to with with like nothing, like no drumming backgrounds, no anything. Just uh, I bought a pair of drumsticks, Vic Firth nylon metal tipped sticks. Uh, metal, metal as in like the the gauge there, not the um, the material, because uh, yeah, that'd be yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just started hitting, uh, pretty much, uh, like you know everything I could find and and you know rudiments and shit on myself, and um uh, ended up uh, just sticking with me. And and I was like, man, I need I need one of those drum sets. So that was it.
1: But Megan what would be that piece of gear for you
0: I think probably my first microphone that was just my own and I'm not using house mics that are absolutely <laughs> disgusting Yeah <laughs> Oh man <laughs> like and then you make the mistake of looking at it and you're like oh yeah no never again so yeah my first microphone probably <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> the smell of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. No.
1: <laughs> even even my tour mic ends up smelling like shit. So so when it's someone else's spit and some people are yes. really spitty. Yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: they are.
1: <laughs> Who, a, a, a perfect example of someone that's really... and I'm sorry to <laughs> give him a shout out like this, but Enrico from Hideous Divinity. When he finishes a set, he has to open it up and squeeze <laughs> oh, it. Man.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: And I've seen I'm sorry, dude. Uh, (laughs) if you're listening, I'm sorry, Um, something that I do and something that I have done. And I have vivid memories of having done it when I was starting out in the music industry. My first real band was with Mike Marino. Once again, he'll probably come up a lot during this because it's that time frame um, of not believing that we're going to make it or we made it or. And I remember specific times, like Randy from Lama God came to our jam back in the 2000s, and he was like, Randy's here, and you, you just jammed with him. He just screamed with you. He's like, do you believe it now that it's, you know, we signed a record deal? Do you believe it now? So I'm wondering what goals you guys have set for yourselves, or if it's something that you do do. I'm doing, I still do it to this day with the podcast with Cryptopsy. So I'm wondering if you guys do that. Let's start with Barrett again. Um, do you have any goals that you have set for yourself? And then once you reach that point, you'll feel like you've made it, let's say.
3: In terms of goals for me for the band, um, we've been wanting to record some more and put out some more releases. Um, my personal goal in musician's life is definitely going on my first tour so that's like something i'm definitely wanting to do some uh some point soon because that would be just so much fun that's like the kind of life i want to live for sure
1: amazing and uh, honestly first tours are always the most memorable the ones that the most things go wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so save up a little extra money when you go out definitely. because it's not going to be easy but it's fun it's definitely the most memorable stuff Aspen. Uh, espen um what would be a goal that you have for yourself and once you reach that goal you'll have made it yeah
4: that's a tricky question so i'll kind of um, uh, what's the correct english word kind of rephrase your question um it's, uh, for me it's like we did our first album two years ago and that was like always i just want to have an album then we had the album and it's like okay i need something new then it's like going on a tour. Oh wait, it's uh, COVID not happening. So it's like, okay, new album. And we also actually recently uh, got signed with a smaller label that's uh, not exactly local, but it's a metal label here in Northern Norway. And it's like, I still don't feel like we made it because we haven't been able to tour. But then again, our like geographical position is really shit because Norway is a very big country and we're super far north and it's only indie pop up here so we get some gigs but it's like the the if we were to play in like oslo all the you know the big cities in norway it's the the airplane tickets are so big that no one want to book us basically so it's,
1: wow yeah norway is bigger yeah, than i'm it's remembering too, it's just long <laughs> and skinny it looks like yeah i understand the penis you know <laughs>
4: i really wanna or i don't wanna but i really hope we can manage to get a tour maybe soon
1: yeah and here's here's like an annoying question Would do you think that for esmond sorry um you for the band to make it would you have to relocate
4: honestly uh, everyone we've been in touch with we talked with some people from bigger labels here in norway and they're all like yep move to berlin well it's kind of a hard thing
1: because it's a big jump
4: yeah, yeah we're, everyone's kind of a different place in life in the band uh, like one guy just got a kid and you know he has an apartment etc but uh, i don't think anyone in the band is like hoping to become like new metallica or lamb of god but we're like we're committed to do this band thing and just take it from there see what happens basically
1: yeah it's a huge sacrifice moving um just just massive yeah. so it has to be the right decision if not uh band members yeah exactly hate each other. and that does that that does happen um <laughs> steven what, what what would be a big goal that it, once you do that you'll feel like you've made
2: it? um uh so i'm gonna go um by saying uh i think uh uh like a canadian usa tour or just just a big tour in general uh would be something um i'd consider i mean uh we were supposed to go on more than one tour actually that that was booked like we're supposed to leave for the us um yeah next month and stuff all the way to texas we're supposed to do like a whole cross-country thing and it's the second time now that covid has its word you know so so at the beginning it was mostly like okay let's have an album you know and then try to book like uh, a lot of shows and and eventually get signed which we we were lucky enough to 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 have happened to us during COVID, uh, which is quite something because fuck, we haven't been doing anything really. We had a playthrough come out, you know. Uh, we we haven't really been active on the social media. Obviously, we all have our lives uh, stuff happening, and uh, you know, in every direction doesn't make it always easy. So uh, right now, I'm back to that goal of touring to to get that one tour out at least. You know, see how it is. I know it's not going to be pretty and pink um but you know whatever like i'm all i'm all about it i don't mind camping i don't mind sleeping in a fucking car i don't mind you know i i do mind not cowering too much but yeah i'll figure something out you know (laughs) yeah baby Baby wipes wipes. man baby wipes and and and, like you know maybe like uh like a pool runs there like uh, during the night you know like if we find a pool somewhere at least just like in a quick in and out kind of thing you know just rinse off that the (laughs)
6: <laughs> that <crust.
1: laughs> i remember playing a schoolhouse in nova scotia and washing my hair in the back where it was just like from the hose and it was that was a good find we were really happy to, to have access to that fresh water uh matt what would be a goal for diabology that once you attain that you'll feel like you've made it
5: our first goal was to like record our second album which we just uh finished like not so long ago but now like me personally i really want to tour like super bad like just to get the experience and i know like once we tour like you know we're probably going to look at ourselves differently like okay we could do this we're committed like something good could come for us
1: Mm. so important to get out there to play shows you can jam eight days a week and that's good, of course. But playing a show is like worth seven jams or something. It's it's you learn so much while playing a show. There's so much more things going on. It sounds bad most of the time and you have to get yeah. through that. And, you know, there's a crowd to interact with. It's completely different. It's so important to get out there. So, um, Megan, what would be a goal for Casca Robbie? Now, you're a band that has done a lot of stuff. So. I'm curious as to what, what one of those goals would have been. And I'm sure you've hit a few of them already.
0: I think that's a really, really awesome question because it's so open to interpretation um, within like the various levels of bands and kind of where the industry is right now and how everyone's kind of adapting as things change constantly. Um, initially, my goal was, was to tour. And we did that a lot. And we had kind of been on this upswing of more and more tours right before covid and then that hit and so i think my big goal now is to uh tour more consistently and i think tour outside of the u.s is a really big goal for for me and for all of us i think
1: that is a great thing about being from the states and it really ties into what espen was saying is that you guys can tour quite easily if you get a van and you, you can play. There's cities very close all around. And there's DIY okay. venues and, and communities. And shout out to Keith Wampler, who's coming to my mind, with, with The Convalescence. And he's a prime example of a band that did that, that just sacrificed everything and put it into not a van but a bus for themselves, a school bus. Many school <laughs> buses that all broke <laughs> down and keep breaking down. And, and here he is now, and he's doing yep. it right now. And by the time the episode comes out, it will just be finished. He's co-headlining yep. a U.S. tour. It's amazing. He
0: worked so hard.
1: I've known him since 2016 when the convalescence was opening for Cryptopsy on a U.S. tour. So it's amazing. It's amazing. That's that's what mm-hmm. people have to do. It's tough, but it's mm-hmm. pure sacrifice. Pure sacrifice. One of my big goals was to play Vakken. I played Vakken, and now I want to play Vakken on the main stage. It's, you know This is this is how goals work. You know, uh, There comes a certain point, though where you may just have to accept that it's not going to happen. Now, I'm at a point where, luckily, Cryptopsy was already established, and if we do release material, people are interested. Um, how would it be for you if this was it? If what you're doing right now was the level that you were going to be at, would, how would you feel about that? W- would it be good enough? It's is a very tough question, and I'll throw it straight to Megan right away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to thinking. Like, this is actually a question that myself and my band have had um, numerous discussions on um, throughout COVID, throughout all of that. Um, you know, we work really hard, and I'm proud of what we do. And if this is it, if this is where we're at, if this is the level, I think that it's disappointing because because we do work so hard but we've accomplished a lot of things too that i'm super proud of um so personally i i get to play shows pretty regularly and it's coming back now um and tours and the works and stuff so if that's where we're at right now that's where
1: we're at. How about you, Barrett? How about how about it, it? Just stays where you're at. You play bass in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then you become a banker. And you tell your banker <laughs> friends when you're 25, 35, 50 years old. Yeah, I played in a metal band when I was 15. <laughs> I was on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, how would that feel?
3: I mean, clearly, at my age, we haven't. Luckily, I don't think we have reached our peak yet. We're still continuing to grow. Um, and um Where we are at right now, we we have started to question, you know, things like university and stuff, like where we're going to go after we graduate. Because that's like a big, for me, that's a big question thing. Because this is what I want to do forever. I want to do what I can to make that happen. So come to Montreal. Yes. Yes. (laughs) yes.
1: McGill. Your parents will like McGill. McGill is a good (laughs) school. Yeah.
3: (laughs) But yeah, for me personally, I just want to like, as soon as I graduate, I just want to like... Hit the road and play shows like forever that's kind of what i want to do forever
0: do it
3: yeah exactly <laughs> I,
1: I love it matt from diabology uh how would you feel how would your band feel if this was it if this was the top of where you were going to go with this career
5: i'm pretty sure we'll we'll kind of be like not disappointed but i'd be like we could have done better but like if we're stuck at this point no matter what i'm pretty sure we're still going to continue because this is what we love doing. Like, I, I don't I don't see myself doing anything else. Like, I don't see myself working, like, another job or doing something else and playing drums and playing shows, like, every weekend. So I think we'll just stick to that, like, even if we're stuck at this level.
1: It's a passion, and then I think I would do the same. Music is something that's so essential to me that whether I was in Cryptopsy and performing at the level that we perform at, or if I was just going to the karaoke bar to sing, which is something that I do <laughs> there, there used to be a bar behind my house which is why I'm referencing this way and I would walk in and they would buy me beer and I'd have they would put on Radiohead by Creep and that was my my track that was my my jam that I that I would bang out for them and they'd buy me a big bottle of beer and I would, <laughs> yeah it was typically like a, it was before we had kids and the, the bar is gone now sadly well sadly yes and no because I have kids that live here now um but uh it was fun um steven uh, how would it be for you guys if this was as where you were at oh
2: man um it is a tough question but uh i don't want to answer it for my fellow bandmates uh so i'm going to speak for myself on that one i think i think i wouldn't let it just be that let's say i'm still i'm you know i'll call back to that other question before um i i'm still you know wanting to do that very first tour and experience it so I'm not gonna if it's not with this band it's going to be with another band you know that's and that's pretty much how I've always done it like I've been playing with bands uh, for like uh, almost 15 years now so hey man it's the way I see it it's just another step you know forward Uh, sometimes uh, you know you can stumble but uh, you got to keep on going so I think as for me for I'm proud and happy of what we're doing and you know what we've done and what's coming for us but um I don't think I'd let it just be that, man. I I need to, I need to, you know, I, I need to go a little bit farther before I can say, hey, you know, what am I going to do with this? Am I am I going to go for it like for real, or am I just going to, you know, um, save that story for you know, <laughs> kids and stuff when I get older? Like, yeah, man, I used to fucking drink and pour and not walk yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: With my with my kids, what's funny is that any band I put on them, they always go, "Is this your friend, Daddy? Is this your friend?"
5: That's cool.
1: Sometimes it is, or is, is this is this you, Daddy? Is another one? I was like, no, no, our house would be much bigger if I had written. You know? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just joking, uh, Espen, uh, How would you guys feel? If this was uh, we've
4: a- actually had this conversation,
1: and some of us are like,
4: "Yeah, if we can't like continue to grow, it's." it's kind of all right, we will, we will, we would still continue playing what we can and write music. But at the same time, if it was like, okay, this is it, we break up, I can finally become that one guy I used to play in a band stand in the back of the, like, (laughs) (laughs) critique every band, oh, I was much better back in the days, you know? (laughs) No, but uh, I love it <laughs> I don't know. It will probably be a bit sad, I guess, but as Steven said i'll I'll find a new project. Uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but like, you know, the clockwork has to keep going for me at least musically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a part of your nature. Uh, one of the biggest, hardest things to do um, in order to make it to get there, in my opinion, is find like-minded musicians that you a. Um, they can play. Uh, B, you can stand being around. So <laughs> this is this is an, a topic that I wanted to broach as as we were talking. It came up to me. Uh, what would be some advice to anyone that's listening that maybe they're thinking of starting a band um, of dealing with bandmates? Uh, for myself, uh, I would suggest uh, not responding when you're angry. Let's say it's a text uh, to, to giving some space because. Being in a band, uh, you need these people. (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's best not to write when you're angry or respond when you're angry. It's better to give some space. That would be my answer to this question. Uh, I'm here, Barrett. How how do you guys deal with inner band disputes? Let's say
3: (laughs) a lot of times it's been like through like texting in the group chat. Um, Unfortunately, there have been like a few instances of members leaving through like a dispute in the group chat. And uh, I remember like one time like a previous member like just got so mad and we didn't control the, the situation the right way. And then he just quit four days before a show, a big show. Um, oh. So, um, but actually like for that guy, um, he actually saved us the day of uh, another show. So like, he's all good now, but um, basically, yeah, we, I totally agree with not responding when you're angry and like when things get heated, you have to like cool down the situation and think about it realistically instead of like how you feel about it so yeah that's like my advice like think about what's best for the greater the greater good like for the whole band instead of just you and your ego kind of thing
1: absolutely 15 so smart <laughs> love it i'm very impressed Ma- megan uh, What? Uh, how do you guys deal with when there's disputes in 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 casket robbery
0: i think you hit the nail on the head i think communication is the Biggest uh, backbone of of a band together, kind of learning each other's communication styles, too, is really, really important. <laughs> um, and then just having conversations that can be quite hard sometimes um, about everyone's goals and the goal for the band, because... I, I've seen that. I've seen people be um, complacent and unhappy where, where we are in something. But if we want to be touring more and someone else is like, hey, I'm not going to tour for more than two weeks and we get offered this month long tour, having that all the communication thing.
1: How about you, Matt? For uh, How do you guys deal with uh, the stresses in, in, in between band members?
0: I haven't really
5: had like a big, big dispute or argument, but like little little things, it could be like, just like music related. I would say whoever got in like in a big dispute about something, it, it is just best not to respond. Like kind of step away from that, take a breather, like think.
1: Metal is hard. There's not a lot of money and there's a lot of sacrificing. And sometimes there's a bit too many egos. Uh Steven, how do you guys deal with the stresses of being in a band together?
2: Oh man. Um I tend to think that us as a band, we kind of uh deal with it okay-ish between us. But um, yeah, like like everyone's been saying, communication is really important. Um, uh, you know, being in a band is like a you know, our four or five, six, you know, people couple, let's say. So yeah, you have to be able to um you know, sometimes put your little comfort zone and that like, I mean, you have to step out of your comfort zone and you have to be able to um, include everyone kind of while not uh, being too much in someone's space. I guess. I don't know. But um, it's hard. I'm trying. I'm looking for the words to say it. But uh, in general, like a, a side note, basically, um, don't text when there's problems or when there's arguments or when there's it's so easy to read a sentence wrong, or to you know, like read it and go, "Hey, man!"
1: The intent of the text—it's hard to. There's no context. There's no yeah. subtext. There's no facial exactly. or voice intonation. It's like you can read it in an asshole voice or in a very chill <laughs> voice, and, that's,
2: yeah. and it's yeah, it's so bad how like quickly things can you know derail off of a stupid sentence that you've read <laughs> wrong, or you're like, okay, I know he's in a bad mood. Is he bitching or not? Or is it just me that's reading it like this? Is it, you know, like, so communication, live, live feed, man. Uh, Zoom, you know, anything, not, not, no writing, man. <laughs> no writing. Interesting.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. that's, 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 that's interesting. Espen, uh, how do you guys deal with uh, inner band turmoils?
4: Because okay, so I'm, um, when it comes to this topic, I'm uh, really spoiled, I guess, <laughs> because we've been, we played for six to seven years. And the thing is like, Everyone in the band is just the greatest of friends. Like for me, they're all my best friends, even though some live have moved and we don't have that much contact. But the thing is, we have actually never had a fight ever. Or like we've had, you know, sometimes when you've been drinking and too many shots and you start fighting over sensitive stuff, you hate each other and next day it's like (laughs) doesn't matter so we've, good, we've actually never had any real like complication there was a smaller one when we were in studio with the, our first album and i wanted to try some vocal techniques and the drummer he was like no don't do it but he didn't even he like he didn't want me to do it because you know i've been listening to some of the modern deathcore at the time and the crazy vocals but I ended up doing it, and he actually liked it, so I was like, checkmate, you lost. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that is an interesting yeah. topic, too, is, is, is like um, trusting your bandmates, you know, or giving your bandmates artistic space. Exactly. Yeah. You sort of have to allow them to try it before saying no. I agree, 100%. It could have gone the other way. He could have won. Yeah. No. 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 Something that I love to do um, is make collabs, right? So I've done it for Cryptopsy. I've released 35 beers wow. uh, for the podcast. I've created teas. I, I just love it. I, I love making collabs. So if you guys can make a collab for your band... Whether it be a beer or something that would like for me, beer is important. It's a part of my identity, which is why it works for me. Um, we'll start with Steven because he actually did make a beer yeah. <laughs> with Overhop, which was super cool. Uh, what would be a collab for you guys? It doesn't have to be a beer. It could be anything. Something that re- represents you. Uh, Steven, go for it and talk to me about how that whole collab came together with Overhop.
2: Oh, man, um, that's a good question, man. Um, I don't know. I'm trying not to get like my personal interest, let's say, to, to respond um, to that one. I think in general uh, I think as a band we'd be pretty happy just um you know being able to to um um you know uh a uh, partner up with gear companies and stuff you know um or you know like uh, you were mentioning on tour how it's not always easy and how it sounds bad and stuff you know like uh we're the we're the we're the people like testing out like the gear on on the spot like we're sweating all over we all we have like the we're in the right position to say what is going on, how things are reacting, like, say, the material is it breaking, is it, you know, like, so I think in general, like, just, Gears drums uh wires, batteries, man, uh collabs with wipes, wet wipes, you mentioned wet wipes oh
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, wipe yeah collab. but uh,
2: yeah on a more serious note, uh beer for me, it does it too, so I was pretty stoked uh getting that beer deal, and it was actually our manager who uh was uh getting beer at the overhop brewery uh and he started talking with one of the brewers. Who was a huge metal fan and he's like oh yeah I, you know we we just uh we started um we recently just started being managed by that guy so he's all excited talking about it right so eventually it led us to having uh ghost come out
1: i remember what patty wrote me patty wrote me she's like you know this band <laughs> and i was like i don't but you should do it. She's like, I think I'm going to do it. They're from, they're from the area. I think I'm going to do it. I'm like, you should do it. It's like, I don't know them, but you should do it.
2: See, they're amazing people. <laughs> like they they were so nice. And they, they, we, they, they, we got in there and they, they gave us beer and had us try stuff. And mm-hmm. they were really open with us, like on, um, with our tastes and stuff. And, you know, like, I, I like beer in general, so I'm not really a reference when it comes to that. So, you know, I'm happy with the ghost, but I would have liked an IPA as well. You know, it's like, it's all good <laughs> for me. So. Yeah, so uh we we might have something else coming up but uh, we have to um talk about it and see what happens. So yeah.
1: Cool. I'm I'm excited for that. Uh Matt, what would be a perfect collab for Diabology or for yourself?
2: For myself, a good collab with uh, any
5: like drum related stuff like DW, Bigford, Zildjian, you know,
1: my, the main ones. That would be sick. That would be sick Barrett. what would be something sick for Bloodprint.
3: Oh, uh, well, at first for me personally, I was thinking like a signature bass would always be really cool to have something like a cool blood print design or something but like besides gear um i'd always like love to do something collaboration with like a video game or something like either like write some music for one or have like cool merchandise like easter eggs like for blood print theme that would be pretty cool and uh just for me personally i love like just like shredding on bass so like doing some guest bass solos for some bands that would be pretty cool to do for sure very sick
1: very sick. Aspen, what would be a great fella collab?
4: Yeah, that's a rough one, actually. Because <laughs> I could say we could do collab with the for soccer team, because the one guy in the band is completely destroyed or ruined. He only cares about football. It's uh, weird. But I, I would say, personally, <laughs> if we were to do like, collab with something, it would probably be something that would raise money for Ukraine right now, to be completely honest. We could uh, go play a show with Ukraine. It would be. Spectacle, uh, uh, I can't uh, remember the word, but you understand.
1: Yeah. spectacular no, yes. but I think, I think
4: uh, probably something that's good for someone. Uh, we're, we're kind of selfless, I, I think. But I also love beer, so beer would be great,
1: you know. <laughs> 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 if you go, if are on the topic, <laughs> <laughs> Megan, Megan, what would be a great ca- Casca Robbie thing? You, you guys do do some, some stuff, so I'm interested to see what if you have something new or if you're something that, that you haven't done yet.
0: So, so we've done, yeah, we've done coffee. Tea would be really cool. <laughs> I think Corey's gonna yell at me. Um, I think the funniest thing. So we're from Wisconsin, um, land of cheese. Um oh, and our it, yeah. big thing is on tour, we we always buy Cheez Its and like that's our like van snack and we'll like tweet Cheez Its and it's it's become this huge thing now where like at our last show someone painted their chest like as the shape oh, of yeah? a Cheez It and people are giving us bucks. so I I think that we should collab with Cheez Its. Uh, Casket Robbery and Cheez Its let's make a weird like horror themed something
1: <laughs> i think that would yeah. be amazing i didn't know that, I didn't know that. I, I'm, I'm impressed I, I think that's exciting i'm doing the same thing with yes. crocs <laughs> Cause, cause <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's a bit embarrassing but and i, I don't know if i've spoken about it on the podcast here, but i wear crocs a lot <laughs> and i and i have since i bought them to go on tour because when you tour festivals in europe um you tend to destroy your shoes because they're it's so goddamn muddy so you'd finish a tour and your shoes are basically scrapped. so i bought these crocs but they're they're like closed not not with the holes and i wear them all the time so like they become like my rain boots like if it's raining and i i walk everywhere right so I, I wear these crocs so i i frequently hit up crocs <laughs> <laughs> Crocs, yeah, crocs. <laughs> crocs and hops. you know what i That's mean it, it, it works i don't know uh, maybe may, one day we'll see one day we'll see Hey what's up Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates. I have two more questions, unless more things pop up. Um, I don't know if it, you guys can answer it, but I'm wondering what the biggest differences are now versus when I was in your positions. Back in the day, the internet was just starting. You guys basically have all started bands in the era of mass technology where people can be, are bombarded with lots of new music all the time. Um, what would be the biggest challenges do you think, in the modern era of trying to make it in the music industry? And that's another massive question, so I apologize. Uh, Barrett, jump, jump in there. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, in terms of like where we are right now, basically, we played like our technically our first show basically a week before COVID started. So we pretty much started right when lockdown happened um, in terms of that. But I think how things have changed, I think um, opportunity has become a big thing for us because with everything online right now, at least um, we've been able to get our music across to like so many people, even people we idolize, like a cool story I would have was like, we put our first ever song out on only on YouTube. It was a demo. It was like, you know, a demo. Uh, And then a bit later, somehow, one of the biggest like guitar YouTubers, Stevie T heard it because a a fan of the song was like a Patreon supporter. So then she put it towards CBT and he heard it and he loved it. And I was like, a main thing I was like, wow, you could never like do that 10 years ago or something like put that towards him. So that was really cool. Um, In terms of challenges. I'm not sure. Just like from my standpoint, I guess like doing the show, like playing shows is the biggest challenge right now in the area because of COVID. So I think I'd say that would be, um, like the biggest roadblock right now, but we've been able to do some shows. So I think, I don't think we have too many challenges right now for where we are. Uh,
1: Megan, what do you think the biggest changes are?
0: Um, I think that there are so many ways to make bands accessible right now. Um, So many different platforms for everyone to get their stuff out, to interact with people and get their stuff out there. Um, And along with that comes, I mean, it's, it's, constant learning process, learning all of these new platforms and apps and Twitch and Discord and all of that. So I think time management has become a really huge issue. Um, Allowing people, everyone wants access to it at all times, kind of, and navigating all of these different platforms with that um, is definitely a learning process. Uh, But I think it's, it's really great just how much you can get out there into who, into other countries and stuff like that. And I've gotten to listen to some really great music that I don't think I would have ever had a chance to if I didn't do some digging on the internet and stuff. So
1: Interesting. And you're you're 100% right. Um, Investing time into connecting with your fans is something that is very different than back in the day. Back in the day, bands were like Mystique, You had to meet them at the show. You saw that one picture of them in that magazine that you bought or that you got your hands on at your friend's house. And you're like, oh, that's the guy that makes that music that I love. Nowadays, you can know everything about a person or whatever they want to portray to the world. I think that's, it's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, is it worth it? Then that's not something we can answer today, but. Maybe ten years down the line, we might have an answer for that, uh, Stephen. Um, what are the biggest changes do you think and challenges?
2: Um, changes, uh, I'd have to go with the uh, the internet for sure, man. I mean, uh, it's the access to everything, right? So we're all plugged into it. It's it's a tool. So um, yeah, learning to uh, to deal with all the platforms, uh, get your stuff out there, and everything. That's great. Uh, I wonder back in the days, man, how they do it other than just PR and like physical. Uh people talking or like, you know, even even like the, the managers or the bosses or whatever behind the band, like how they get the, the word around other than just talking on the phone. And, you know, now you can just say, hey, go check out that band and you, you check it out on the Internet. And you have that already the, the you know, the music to, right there to listen to. And, you know, so that that makes it great. Um, also, what I think, though, that happens with that is that there's so much now info and so many bands and so many. Um, tools to help people make music you know and it sounds amazing now like everything is you can do it from your from home you know so sticking out is is a great challenge and and it's 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 fucked up because you know like um you have to do something crazy almost now to like get the attention you know of everybody and um, uh, even that finding out how to stick out or, you know, m- you know, cause, uh, disrupt whatever the normality of everything, like to just to get that attention, you know, and then try to keep on, you know, building on that to get, to get, to have people stay hooked. Cause there's still all that stuff coming from left and right. So sticking out is pretty much the, for me, a, a big challenge, I guess. I think musicians face right now.
1: Absolutely. Uh, either you, there's a lot of gimmicks that people are doing, right. Or there's the whole new, I guess we're, we're entering a period where famous metal musicians, kids bands is something that's going to come more and more because of just the time period of those bands from the nineties that were successful having children. And now the kids are actually old enough to perform. Um, the Corey Taylor son band is coming to mind. Um, obviously they put out anything it's going to get a lot of attention but it is true that it's it's hard to retain people's attention i think that's you you hit on something really hard there completely different than back in the day back in the day you put out an album you went on tour and that's it nowadays you have to continuously keep people's attention keep them hooked it's tough Uh, espen wrap up this topic for us please
4: yeah, I agree 100% with what you just said and, and Steven as well. It's like this in this day and age. It's like everyone's attention span is like yeah, 20 seconds. That's all you get. Like I know I know a lot of friends who are in more mainstream, like uh, mainstream music genres, and they have like the managers and labels and shit. And they all tell them to make a TikTok, do stuff, you know, be funny or be weird or interesting. Uh, of course, not meant in a negative way, uh, in a, but it's like, yeah, you got to like stand out and you have to do weird stuff to really get attention, I, I guess. Or You have to do something that's never been done before, which is, I don't think it's impossible because that's what I really like about, at least in the metal scene, past like 10 years, a lot of people hate on all the deathcore core and stuff, but I think it's like Music is evolving. Whether you like it or not, you just gotta accept it. But yeah, also, I think, of course, I also agree with what everyone else said that it's it's a good thing that it's much more like accessible and like like you can can like write with fans and stuff online. But then again, you have to spend a lot of time on social media,s and that's not for everyone.
1: No, no. And then at that time that you're spending doing that, you're not spending doing something yeah, else. Exactly. So. It's about balance and time management, as yeah. Megan was saying. Classic Vox and Hops wrap up question. Um, it does not apply for some of you, and that's okay. Um, I'll ask another question uh, for, for that person. I'll start the classic Vox and Hops wrap up question. This was great, really appreciated it. Um, it probably doesn't happen to you guys very often because. You're very busy doing uh, all this work to to stay connected with your fans, to write new music, to get ready to tour. But every once in a while, it happens to all of us, except for Barrett because he's 15. Uh, What are your your hangover cures? And we'll start with Stephen.
2: Fucking crack another one open.
1: it works but it's dangerous
2: yeah. start the day with
4: another one man
1: <laughs> aspen how do you how do you attack hangovers
4: i have uh, found the perfect cure you know um so i suffer a lot from uh, general anxiety so what i usually do i just sleep for 24 hours after i come home from partying, and uh, when i wake up uh, not the next day but the one after i'm uh, feel better but i'm very hungry usually. <laughs> and dehydrated megan <laughs>
1: megan what, what is your hangover
0: cure? Uh... I tried the whole coconut water thing, and it tasted awful. So, Bloody Marys. Yep. That's it. Yep.
2: <laughs> I have a question for you guys, actually. I don't want to... I'm sorry. I, I don't want to cut anyone off. Go for it.
1: No, no, no. Um,
2: have you... Who who tried the pickle juice thing here? Is that just really like a myth thing? Does it
0: work? Oh, I've done that.
1: It works. It's the salt, right? And, and I spoke to a nutritional scientist about hangovers and the effects of alcohol and he said that it takes three days for the human body to really get over a hangover and the reason that we crave salty food pickle juice has a lot of salt is that your body is so dehydrated and the fact that you are drinking something salty makes you want to drink more water it was his answer upon that topic but uh, pickle juice doesn't work i don't think anything actually works you just gotta drink water. yeah I think I,
2: I think I i don't remember if it was like pantera or um hell yeah um on a bus invaders episode that i watched they mentioned drinking vodka with uh, gatorade so the next morning you're all you're not that fucked up
1: i have a funny story about vodka and gatorade that i will not talk about <laughs> while we're recording but I, once when i'm finished I'll, I'll i'll wrap up with that um barrett <laughs> hangovers are not your thing and they don't ever have to be and you probably should never do it because it's not fun uh what has been the silver lining of the pandemic for you
3: guys for me personally it was i got so much better on bass guitar than i would have if i was just continuing my course when i was 13 but now at 15 like i had so many days so many days and, well two years to just practice 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 and then i think that's what got me where i am to like being able to play what i can so i think that's a big thing and also growing the fan base of the band has been really fun because i've just been on social media 24 7 just connecting with fans like messaging commenting or whatever like making friends as you do it and i think that's a really good method of um growing in this genre and yeah i think Meeting friends is a good thing about it.
1: Uh, I want to take the time. Thank you all. This has been really, really fun. Uh, I'm very happy to have connected with you all, to have dug into your mindsets of of being in a band that's trying to make it. Uh, I thought this was super interesting. I hope you guys had fun as well. I want to say a massive cheers to each of you. Espen Steven Megan Matt and Barrett. Thank you so so much. This is amazing. I hope you had fun I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this. This was lots of fun. I uh, check out the bands. I'll put the link in the description um, Massive cheers to you all. Thank you. Thanks, cheers. Guys.
3: Thank, thank you. Thank
0: you very you. much.
1: Cheers. Thank you Hey, thank you all so so much for listening right today you know that I love and appreciate that man This was an awesome hang. I am so so stoked that I finally put this episode together It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I really, really had a great time conducting this conversation. Check out all the bands, please, Becoming the Bully, Bloodprint, Casket Robbery, Diabology, and Felith, killer, killer bands. I have put the links to them in the description of this podcast. Go and check them out. Show them some love. I remember when I was back in their shoes, I would be stoked if someone gave me the chance. Uh, Check them out. This is something that I would love for you to do as a favor to me. Massive cheers to Steven, Barrett, Megan, Matt, and Espen for hanging out with me. Such a blast. Cannot wait to do it again. Can't wait to see where the bands are at when we do have a conversation again. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can get it on my website, voxandhops.com that's v-o-x-a-n-d-h-o-p-s dot com and when you do that you shall receive two emails a month that will contain all of the details of everything that's been happening in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast you'll get to see which episodes I dropped recently, which episodes I have coming up you'll get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist and you'll be the people that will hear about any of the projects that I have in the works first before I announce them to to public there's just so much going on in the world of the vox and hospital podcast i hate for you to miss a single thing so sign up to the mailing list the vox and hospital podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer killer weekend i will be back next week with more episodes but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads
6: this is Krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of Krista makes a podcast